And someone asked him, you know, what do you do? And he said, oh, I'm a consultant. And I was like, what? I was like, no, you just wrote an amazing book. I was like, this book is about to blow up. So there's really something to be said for having someone there who can like toot your own horn if you are not the type that would normally. And then it helps you make more connections than you would have otherwise. You're listening to Stand Out, Get Noticed, the show that helps you communicate with confidence so you can stand out from the crowd and get noticed by all the right people. If you want to be a person of influence and achieve success in business and in life, this podcast is for you. To subscribe to the show, go to thecmethod.com. Hey there, Rockstar. Welcome to episode 68 of the Standout Get Noticed podcast. My name is Christina Cantors. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Now, I'm releasing this episode early. Normally, I release every, well, it's Wednesday morning if you're in Australia and Tuesday night if you're in North America. That's my normal release date. But today, I'm, well, this episode is a follow on to episode 67, which was the talk that I gave at the podcast movement conference in Chicago last week. Now, this episode is a conversation I had with my friend Kimberly Rich about how to not only survive, but also enjoy the whole conference networking experience. Now, in episode 66, that's two weeks ago, I talked about how to make the most out of conferences. And this episode is like a debrief of what it was like meeting tons of new people at Podcast Movement, because it's really not easy. It can be really draining attending these events, even for a raging extrovert like myself. (laughs) I've been sleeping at least nine hours a night since I arrived in New York City. It's crazy. It's like my body just needs to catch up. Now, make sure you check out Kim's podcast. It's called The Bold Life Movement, which you can find at theboldlifemovement.com. And we talk about what we did to keep ourselves energized, how we supported each other as networking buddies, and what we did to strike up conversations with people amongst other networking survival strategies. So if you're new to networking or attending conferences, or if you've done them before and you've you feel like it doesn't really work for you or you find it really draining and and, and difficult to, to talk to people, then this will be a really good episode for you to, to listen to and hopefully get some tips that you can use next time to make the experience a little bit easier. And after you listen to this episode and you want to learn more, I do have a free guide that you can download. It's called The Ultimate Guide to Non-Sleazy Networking. And it's for people who don't like the idea of going to conferences and just going, hi, my name is, and then machine gunning your business card, you know, like I, I talked about a couple of episodes ago. I'll pop a link to that in the show notes at thecmethod.com slash Kim. That's thecmethod.com slash Kim, K-I-M. Make sure you go there and download that free guide to help you in your next networking adventure. So when Kim and I started chatting, I was interested to learn about what actually brought her to the conference in the first place. After all, it is a substantial investment of time, money, and energy. Here's Kim. I'd sort of been teetering on whether or not to go. And I was, I just sort of pulled the trigger and, and realized like all good things come from getting FaceTime with people, especially in industries that I'm interested in or that I'm, I'm currently involved in. And so I just wanted to come and kind of learn what it was that I didn't know. I didn't know if that makes any sense. Mm, That blind spot. Yeah. 
yeah, what things am I doing that I don't even know I should be doing? Um, you know, what types of, what types of people are involved in the podcasting world? What does their process look like? There's so many different takeaways that I was open to. Mm. Oh, and tell, tell us a bit about you, your show. Sure. So the Bold Life Movement is uh, an interview format show that I, that I release weekly where I bring on people that I think have really cool stories about either their business or their lifestyle or, um, kind of like the way that they look at the world that has helped them be happier, really. And, and usually these people are comfortable embracing risk and doing things that are a little unconventional, a little taboo. And that's what I really want to empower people to do is just sort of like go after the things that you want and not be scared because it doesn't fit whatever the script was that you thought you should be doing. So the bold life movement. (laughs) (laughs) Dot com. (laughs) Dot com. (laughs) I love that because that's something that, as you know, I like to do on this show as well and do things that scare me and encourage other people to do the same. Just before we move on, what's, what's one thing that you've done recently that was quite like outside your comfort zone that scares you? Oof. Well, I actually got an article published on Huffington Post this morning. Oh my God. Um, cool. And it's a little, it's a little polarizing. It's about sex, which is not something that I've written about publicly before. Okay. So that was really scary. And, um, I'm working through the, <laughs> the fears of starting to share that out, like literally as we speak. So, wow. Um, All right. I'm definitely going to go, definitely going to go have a read. I might learn something Thank new you. about you. Thank you. Yeah. The title is, um, <laughs> coercion versus consent. Why it's never too late to say no to sex. So okay. it's definitely like a, an editorial piece. <laughs> wow. All right. I look forward to reading that. That'd be cool. Didn't know we were going there. Did you? No, Christina? I did not know. <laughs> it's really all about like, while that might not fit under my brand umbrella, um, very obviously it's, it's about taking a stand for something that I think is important and working through the fears that you often have to work through to do the things that matter. Because we spent quite a bit of time together at the conference and we were rooming together. I wanted to talk to you about, like to do a bit of a, a debrief about the whole networking, meeting people, like being in in such a crazy environment as a conference and to share that with everyone listening because it is quite full on. And I think I'd forgotten how full on it actually was. And I got there and I considered myself a raging extrovert and I found myself feeling drained at points. And like I was saying just before, like the last couple of nights I've been sleeping an insane amount because I think I've just been completely drained. So, so firstly, I think it'd be cool to share with everyone like, what the conference atmosphere was like was how totally. many were there like 1500 people there or 1400 i think that that's right yeah i think it was around the 1500 mark but what did you think of the the atmosphere of of the conference well that was my first podcast movement mm. um i i almost said bold life movement <laughs> that was my first <laughs> podcast movement and so i honestly didn't know what to expect as far as um you know what scale it was going to be on it felt really well put on, you know, there was great staging. It was like really legit with all the vendors and things like that. And I think that they did a decent job of sort of sectioning off where you can be, um, 
chatting with people and getting to know them, where the breakout sessions are, where the vendors are, and sort of like funneling you, which is which is helpful because often if you don't know where to go at a conference, that adds to the social anxiety that is sort of inherent with going to these things. Um, so I think overall, like the atmosphere was good. It's just, it's a professional environment, which can be really intimidating for people to socialize in. You think? I think so. Yeah. And I'm, like I said, I'm an extrovert. Like I can talk to any stranger mm. about pretty much anything, which may be where the anxiety comes in because in this context, you're, you're sort of supposed to talk about one thing. Like the work, business, your podcast. Podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Your entrepreneurship, whatever the, the common tie is that brings everyone there. Mm. And so I think that that, while can be really helpful for some people to spark up a conversation, actually makes me feel more closed off. Why is that? I don't know. I think it's the expectation of what I'm supposed to talk about, maybe what I'm supposed to have accomplished. So maybe it's a sense of imposter syndrome that pops up. I don't know. It's really interesting. It's something I'm looking into. Like, it's almost like you've got to prove how successful you are or how good your podcast is because you're surrounded by all these other people who you assume have great podcasts and are really successful. I don't, yeah. I don't know. I mean, you're talking about your numbers, your downloads, how many episodes you have, even vendors, you know, who are there to help you get sponsors or whatever, you know, whatever their job is. They'll ask you these sorts of questions. So if you don't know, or if you don't feel like it's high enough, that might make you feel a little bit closed off and like, well, I don't want to talk about it. Did you have anyone who wasn't a vendor ask you what your downloads were? Mm, yeah, I feel like I had a couple people. Not in the because I never had that question. No, I, I think I, I think I had a couple. Really, that's interesting. It's almost like saying how much money do you make? Sort of, sort of, yeah, right. And and but it's crazy because it's all relative. Like you might have right. a really niche podcast and. 200 downloads might be fantastic, you know, and, but to other people, like a thousand downloads is not enough, you know? Right. Which I think that was one of my favorite takeaways from Pat Flynn's breakout session was, um, someone, or at some point in the conference, he mentioned this, someone had approached him and said, I'm thinking of giving up. I think you heard this story. Uh, how many downloads are you, do you have Pat was asking him and he said 200 and, or he had offered up that information. He was like, was I like, only have 200 downloads. Yeah. There it is. Yeah, exactly. And Pat reframed it, you know, and he was like, well, if those 200 people were sitting in this room and needed to hear what you're saying, would you walk out the, walk out of the room? And so that's just sort of put it in, in a really good, um, perspective for me. And this is what I talked about as well in my session about how you've got to, if you've accomplished something, you've got to be proud of that. And if you've like, for example, you, you started your podcast this year, you know, that's something to be really proud of. And just because you've started this year does like recently doesn't mean that your podcast is any less worthy than someone who's been podcasting for five years. Totally. So it's like, yeah, yeah. I've launched a podcast. That's something to be proud of. Yeah. Working with people a lot on confidence and visibility, this is a common theme that pops up, you know, the comparing yourself to other people. But the reality is like this time last year, my brand didn't even exist. It wasn't even an idea in my head. And while it's easy for us to think, uh, oh, my business or my podcast isn't at such and such compared to all these other people, the average person 
would never start a podcast. No. <laughs> would never think of it. Wouldn't like buck up enough to do it. Wouldn't go through the motions. So it's really something to like take a step back and be proud of what you've done, like you said. Mm-hmm. And there were plenty of people at that conference that hadn't started podcasts yet. And they were exactly. like, I'm planning on doing it and I want to come here to learn as much as I can and meet other people. Yeah. And props to them. Okay. Next thing I want to talk about is taking breaks because the conference goes from like nine in the morning till six o'clock at night and it's just go, 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 go. And, and it, it was like that for two days straight. And that's actually pretty short for a conference. It was two days straight, but then there was a, the day before it started, they had the opening party. So it started like the day before. So there was a lot of that networking and, and going on. So, and I, we both stayed at the conference hotel, which I think is worth discussing because I found myself wanting yeah. to go back to the room frequently to just hang out. <laughs> Definitely. Having, so you and I first met just to give people context. Um, when I was in a previous position managing a community and putting on similar events and I always promoted that people stay at the hotel, obviously because we wanted people to stay on property, but now as an attendee, seeing the benefit of that, it's like totally invaluable. Mm. That, those 20 minutes that you can steal away and go recharge make you a new person. And so if you have to go off property to try and like lay down for a second, it just, it takes away from the money that you've invested, the time that you're, the limited time that you have there. And I think it's important. I think it's a good thing to call out the value of staying on property. Mm, absolutely. Because it's really hard to get that quiet time to yourself because you're wearing the conference lanyard. So everyone knows that you're part of the conference. And the thing, like, this is what I actually, I love this about Americans, but <laughs> there was one point when I was trying to sit by myself, have lunch, and this lady just walks straight up to me and goes, oh, what have you got there? Oh, that's a salad. Oh, that's great. Where did you get that from? I was thinking of getting a salad and we ended up having this whole conversation, <laughs> which was great. But I was like, oh, I just want to like chill by myself for a little bit and oh, you're talking to me. But it was, but still, I ended up having a great conversation. I'm not complaining at all. But if you're the sort of person that wants to take some time to yourself, it can be really difficult if you don't have a room to go back to. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's a really interesting um, point because she's there to meet people. And so in reality, like she should be a addressing everyone that she goes up to and like getting to hear someone's story because you never know who you're going to connect with. But then on the other end of the spectrum, you need your space and you need your, your recharge time. So it's like managing both of those things and just creating that privacy that you can go have, I think is really necessary. I know we were talking about this at the conference. We were saying there should be like a no talking zone. There should be some little introvert's corner or something that just has like, you can sit there, but do not say hi, like no eye contact, like do not even yeah. make any conversation in this area. This is a silent zone. <laughs> I think that that could actually lead to really nurturing conversations too, because if you are seeing people in the, I just need my alone time, I just need to recharge area. And then once you guys are out of that area, you're kind of like, you get me. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we both needed that. We both are on the same wavelength. Now we both feel better. We clearly have something in common energy wise or just priority wise or whatever. And I think that that could lead to really interesting conversations. Mm. I don't yeah, know that I it's like being that. done, but we can propose it. <laughs> propose that for next year in no talking zone. 
Yeah. Sometimes you see people, they're sort of sitting by themselves and they're on their phones and you think, oh, it, it appears that they're being unsocial, you know. We don't realize that, oh, maybe they just need their alone time and they don't have a hotel room <laughs> to go yeah. back to. Or maybe they're tending to work and mm. someone coming up and talking to them is like, really invasive because they don't know how to say no they're at a conference but really they need to tend to whatever it is that they're working on and then it becomes this like internal struggle of trying to be polite but also trying to take care of oneself it's, it's an interesting thing as well speaking of taking care of oneself i think it's also important and i, I found this really beneficial having you there as a friend who i already knew and we could sort of take care of each other and provide that support for each other walking around. Cause it can be quite difficult walking around by yourself going, who do I speak to? Who do I speak to? Who do I speak to? And having you there, it was kind of like my safety blanket. It's like, ah, Kim, all right. All right. And I'll just sort of grab you and be like, all right, let's walk around together or let's just sit here and be silent together. I think that's really important to have like a networking buddy to go along with. Well, also, as we talked about earlier, it gives you an opportunity to introduce each other to circles that you might not have met as well. You know, you were inviting me out to get food with one group and then, you know, we're talking to another group and it helps you increase your likelihood of meeting more people, but just feeling more comfortable doing so. Mm, Absolutely. And what I like also, I don't think we, we didn't actively do this, but one thing that works really well is if you have a networking buddy, you go around and you can say, oh, hi, I'm Christina and this is Kim. Kim has a podcast called The Bold Life Movement. And she's amazing and she interviews all these great people. And like I can do your intro for you without you having to actually say anything. And I can talk you up and make you sound amazing. I mean, you are amazing, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a good <laughs> without point. You saying, without you saying, oh, yeah, look at me. Look how good I am, right? Totally. I remember at um, World Domination Summit last year, I was at an unconferencing type meetup. And we're going around the circle introducing ourselves and our friend, I think you know him, Taylor Pearson was Mm. there. He had just released his book, The End of Jobs. And someone asked him, you know, what do you do? And he said, oh, I'm a consultant. And I was like, what? I was like, no, (laughs) you just wrote an amazing book. I was like, this book is about to blow up. James Altucher wrote the, um, the foreword on the front. I was like, you're being so shy. So there's really something to be said for having someone there who can like toot your own horn if you are not the type that would normally. And then it helps you make more connections than you would have otherwise. I had that experience once at a, at an event. I think, I think it was a speaking workshop or something. And I just happened to meet a podcast listener there, like completely random. And I was speaking to a guy, another guy who I'd met that night. And then this Actually, his, his name's Stevie. He might even be listening to this. Hi, Stevie. <laughs> he, um, he comes up and he goes, oh, my God, have you listened to her podcast? She has the most amazing podcast. You have to listen. And this guy's standing there going, oh, wow, okay. And I hadn't said a thing and I was like, wow, I need – I need Stevie needs to follow me around and do this yeah. everywhere. Like, Because there's nothing like having someone else, especially when it's – when you don't pre-plan it or tell them totally. to do it. Yeah, to have someone else say, you know, you got to listen to this – person's show or this person's amazing and to talk you up it's worth like 10 times as much as you talking about your own stuff right oh 100 percent. yeah because someone talking about their own stuff can be a bit of a turnoff mm. for some people depending on the context yeah so plus one for networking buddy <laughs> yeah totally okay i want to talk about approaching people at conferences mm. 
Now, this is something I work with people on and like networking. People are afraid, like, how do I go up to someone? And I think that approaching people at conferences is pretty easy. I thought it'd be good to discuss that. Do you agree? Disagree? I think that there's definitely like a context that gives you an automatic conversation opener. Um, and people are typically pretty open to chatting. That's why they're there. Especially like you said, they have that lanyard on. So mm-hmm. it makes it easy to spot them. Um, but one thing that, that helps me if I'm just feeling particularly, I don't know, tired, <laughs> introverted, under caffeinated, whatever it is, is to go chat up the vendors first. Okay. Or chat up the hotel staff because they're typically there, um, you know, for the vendors, they're there to talk to you. They want to talk to you. So it gives you like an easy way to get warmed up. And the hotel staff, they might not be getting a lot of conversation all day from people because they're there to just sort of like help the show go on, you know? So they're appreciative when you can open up to them and it helps you just sort of get in the, in the flow of talking and feeling warmed up. Mm, I like that. I noticed on the opening, at the opening night, there weren't, like when everyone was just arriving and there weren't a lot of attendees there, but all the vendors were there and not many people were mm. talking to them. And I noticed I actually didn't talk to many of them at all because I was kind of thinking, oh, they're just going to try and sell me stuff because that's been my... So much stuff was free though. I know, this is the thing. I missed <laughs> out on all the free stuff because I've been to <laughs> other events where I was like, mm, all they do is try and sell you stuff. But you went around and talked to all of them and you had like, you got all this free stuff. And now I'm like, oh, I should have spoken to the vendors. <laughs> well, it also helped me because specific to this conference, I told you, I don't know what I don't know when it comes to, you know, the products I'm using to produce my show, all the ways I could be promoting it. So I was talking to them mainly as like an educational, um, you know, an educational component of the, sh- of the whole conference. Mm. And then I got free stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was actually looking over, like you were having a conversation with one of the vendors and then someone came up to me and said, is he giving you his sales pitch? And I was like, ha ha ha, I know, right? And we were having a laugh and we ended up having a great conversation. Yeah. So yeah, there are so many different ways you can approach people and sort of have fun with the, with the situation. Commentary, always good. Yeah, absolutely. When I was giving my session, I was encouraging people to speak to people because, I mean, people won't be able to see this because we're, you know, it's audio only, but people at the conference, they tend to walk around like with their heads up and sort of this little smile on their face, looking around, like looking, yeah, walking around, like, looking, to me. like, yeah, talk to me, talk to me. Whereas, no, that doesn't happen if you're, you know, I don't know, just walking around a city or something or, well, or not at the in office. Australia. Not in Australia, maybe, maybe, here, <laughs> maybe in Austin. Um, yeah, that does of, happen in Austin, actually. People sort of, people, they do? Oh, man. Yeah. This is why I like Austin. This is why I like America. <laughs> like, people will often just walk, like, looking straight forward. They're on their phones. They've got headphones in, and it's like, don't talk to me. Like, I, I'm really focused on where I'm going. But at the conference, it's like, people are already there. They're there to talk to people. A lot of people don't even go to the sessions. They're just yeah. there to meet new people and connect with yeah. with, with old friends. You know, I think if you're nervous about approaching people in general, go to a, a conference or an event, put on the lanyard, and chances are 99% of people there will be very happy to chat to you, even totally. if it's briefly. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. One thing that we didn't touch on, but I think is important is often at these conferences, there are a lot of unconferencing activities or meetups 
put on by different groups that are present, uh, whether those are Facebook groups or whatever type of, of forum that people could be a part of. And I think that those are really, really beneficial and undervalued because it's a chance for you to just go kind of let your hair down, talk to people about the day, have a drink, sit down. And, um, you never know like how long that conversation could go and what it could turn into, you know, partnership opportunity, whatever options are endless. So I think that that's really important. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's no better way to connect with someone than having a beer and singing karaoke with them, right? Totally agree. (laughs) (laughs) Seeing people at a karaoke one night and then giving a speech the next day, it puts you guys on like the same level. (laughs) It's like, I know what you're really like. Yeah. You're a great speaker, but you do not have a great singing voice. And I know that about you. (laughs) And now I feel like we're friends. (laughs) Actually, that's a lie. A lot of, I was very impressed with the singing voices of the, of the no, people at karaoke. Mm. All right, cool. Anything else to add, Kim, before we wrap this up? Any words of inspiration for people listening who are thinking about going to their first conference, maybe? I think that it's important to know yourself, give yourself the permission to take breaks, and then also, um, you know, give yourself a little pep talk. You, you can go out there and, and talk to anyone, just like you said. And most people are going to be really receptive to, to talking to you about what you do and becoming friends, really. Mm. Well, thanks, Kim, for joining me. I, this is, I'm so glad that we were able to have this conversation. Um, yeah, again, so if, fun. if people want to check out your stuff, where should they go? Theboldlifemovement.com. Uh, all my socials are there and all the podcast episodes and show notes can be found there as well. Awesome. Yay. Thanks. Big thanks to Kimberly Rich of the Bold Life Movement podcast for joining me for a conference survival debrief chat. Now, if networking is a skill that you want to improve, make sure you download my ultimate guide to non-sleazy networking in the show notes at thecmethod.com slash Kim. That's thecmethod.com slash Kim, K-I-M. Now, I have one more episode for you that's conference or podcast movement conference related, and I'll be releasing that this week as well. And I'm going to be sharing stories from other podcasters on how they built their own confidence behind the microphone. So make sure you tune into that. That will be episode 69. Alrighty, that's all from me this week. Keep on being awesome. My name's Christina Cantors, and this has been Stand Out, Get Noticed. Get Noticed.